0: Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 18, a minute-by-minute podcast hosted by me, Dan. You call me Wolfman Dan. No? You you can call me whatever you want. Be nice. And in this, we are covering, minute-by-minute, Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf, from 85 and 19... 85 and uh, howling new moon rising which is seven from 1994 and this one we are uh, we are on what the 18th minutes and when we left uh let's see howling two um the red brown's character had been shown and jenny had been shown by christopher lee's character the um, the footage of his Red Brown's sister being killed at the end of the st- sort of extended footage of it from the end of the Howling, we saw her buried and put in a mausoleum. I'm sorry, earlier in the movie, and Red Brown's character is not happy, and Jenny's saying, "No, no, it's true," and uh, listen to this. Saw her at Karen's funeral. Indeed, you did. Werewolves will never allow one of their kind to remain in consecrated ground. That woman is a werewolf. Her name is Mariana. She is one of the most vicious and one of the most dangerous kind. Because she is immune. Silver bullets are useless against such creatures. Quite useless. Only titanium. We have a I like that, uh, is it Stefan? He, uh, he seems to have a collection of, like, not only does he have a skeleton, oh, which we saw, I guess, in the opening, um, like, hanging, you know, um, like, student-style, like, medical school-style, but he seems to have a small collection of, like, um, like, giant sculpted monster heads, like you might buy out of the back of, like, Fangoria or Famous Monsters or something like that. So he's, a you know, he's a monster kid. And, yeah, the titanium, he's got this huge titanium, like, um, uh, uh, that's uh, not a knife, it's a piercing titanium thing, so I guess, um, you don't have to get to, what's halfway in between like a knife and a sword? A nord? A, a, a swife? My my swife, my swife will be joining me today to kill some werewolves with titanium. I do wonder with the titanium thing, is that I, I I do like that concept, although it's it could use maybe slightly more explanation sort of maybe the concept that after so many centuries of silver doing them in they gradually became immune to silver you know in the way that like certain bugs and things will gradually become immune to um certain um poisons and things and eventually and you have to you have to keep changing and and i mean i'd love to know who but i mean it's it's one thing to um did, did they experiment on a werewolf or something to find that it was titanium? Because that just strikes me strange. I mean, like, presumably, like, if a cockroach isn't getting killed by raid, they'll take some cockroaches and experiment on them with other things until they kill them. And then they'll make that into whatever the new poison is. But you can't quite do that with a werewolf. Like, I shot the werewolf. It didn't die from a silver bullet. It's adapted. It's changed. It's no longer um, um, destroyed by silver. So, so, I mean, I mean, did they just like, okay, well, just grab, I'm going to grab some, you know, I'm going to grab some aluminum foil, let me grab some, I, I got some titanium, I've got some gold, you know, I've got, uh, you know, every molybdenum. Uh, you know, any any sort of whatever I can come up with, and we'll just we'll just shoot them at the next uh, werewolf we find, and you know whichever one drops them, that's the one we'll use next. I'd like to, I'd like really was I'd like to see the scientific tests or the tests that that made them realize it was titanium, cause certainly it wasn't the werewolves that told them. I mean, the moment you're like you're free from the oh my gosh, silver can't hurt us anymore, huh? You can't destroy us with silver now. We can only stop with titanium. Steve, ah, oh, shit. So yeah, I would I would like to see the clinical trials for that, and what what are all the different elements? Um, you know, they, they tried. You know, I um. Yeah, I hit a. You know, I had a. I hit him with some tin. Mm, no, no, no. That's that. Is that not working? I use several inert gases to try to... Yeah, Uh, yeah (laughs) I don't know. I I like that concept of that they have... I bet you... Well, I I don't know. I was going to say maybe one of the Howling books, which I still have not read, although they're still sitting here on the shelf nearby. I'm wondering if there's something in there which sort of says that there's a new wave of werewolves and maybe there's even a thing where it's like there's a new wave of werewolves and they can't be killed by silver and maybe there's something where they have to find out what it is that kills them. Presumably they're not immortal. Some, something There's always something that brings them down. I guess maybe maybe the next round of werewolves would be immortal. Nothing nothing can bring them... The, the way you destroy them is... Um, I was going to say like dismember them or blow them up but then I'm thinking of uh, the Monster Squad where that was less than... That was less than helpful. I mean, I I mean maybe do an Evil Dead style, and you have to dismember them, put the put the body parts in separate bags, and keep them keep them away from each other. Maybe um, I don't know, but I do like that concept of of the titanium. There being a new, um, t- somehow titanium sounds a little silly sometimes, doesn't it? I, I I I guess that's the best that's the best element to to use. I just titanium. It doesn't have the same ring as silver does it like silver is I think it's too many syllables titanium that's half, half you know it's like bring me the titanium buzz bring me the silver buzz by the time you're done saying titanium the werewolves on top of you you gotta save time silver silver Tite, no neanium, no um tanium taint called call it the taint the great taint bullet um yeah so that, that's the main thing we learned, which I really like. And, and yeah, like you said, he's going to go to Karen's grave. At first I thought he was going to um, say, you know, I'm going to kill her for, for real, for, for certain now, but he's apparently going to go stop them from taking her body. Um, but if she's alive, then I guess we'll see. I've, I've actually forgotten what happens with this, because if she's still alive, then he must be going there to put her down again. Possibly this time with titanium, which might be more lasting but then that would that would stop the blasphemy of, of she's come back to life in the world has to come to reclaim her again. I guess I think maybe he's not you know telling, you know Red Brown everything Mister White everything that he needs to know, and there's there's some some great acting here because we're all doing different stuff. Christopher Lee is is as always saying some very silly stuff with great conviction. Red Brown is doing his patented sort of you don't believe in this bull kind of stuff. Just his Aah! his voice being a little too high. And Jenny is, um, a little subdued, a little too subdued for all of it. So we literally have, like, um, three, three, <laughs> three, um, areas in the spectrum of acting right here. And, um, they're not really meshing well together, but that's part of the amusement of the scene. And so, uh, what what else in this scene? I guess, yeah, he's gonna take Titanium, and, um, and I'm sorry, yeah, the, the, it did, the, the, the minute began with Marianne, the, um, the... The werewolf lady we've seen, um, and some pictures of her. Some um, pictures of her kind of looking at the camera and kind of waving, waving the camera person presumably Stefan away. And um, yeah, and it ends with they have a leader, a woman called. We'll find it on the next episode. Let's go to let's go to Howling uh, Seven now. And when we left it, where were we? Oh yes, um, Bob had showed up and wrecked. Um, Ted's chance of giving that lady a kiss, and um, it's late at night, and they're all heading back to the motel. And Ted's a little, not not really cheesed off, but um, you know, I think there may be some good natured ribbing about to happen this minute. Let, let's listen. Bob, it's so nice of you to walk me back to the motel. I mean, I really appreciate it. Look, after her husband died, she hasn't really been interested in anybody. This is me. You'd have a better chance with Madonna. I've been there, done that. Really. With a bullshitter, bullshitter, bullshitter? What's she like? Who? Madonna? That's the same as your sister. That girl. You are sick, you hear me? Sick, sick, sick! Town's perfect. Vulnerable. People easily manipulated. Why do I care if I hurt <laughs> them? Never bothered me before. Story song. I'll- Man, I love this movie uh, so much. That that the Madonna joke or whatever that was Ted did, and then Ted's response to um to Bob uh, is just listening to it. You're not getting the full. Well, listening to it, you might be able to understand it. Watching it, the 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 sound is a little too distant, and with Ted's accent and Bob has a, 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 a mumble a bit. Um, there's um, it's th- there's a reason why you you know you, there's a reason why uh, the Lord created looping and uh, that might be a minute to do that in. Now it does give it a it, it does feel like we're at night time in, in the desert you know so, so I do like that feeling but at the moment we've had no sign of a werewolf or anything I mean obviously the, the priest and the policemen have, have talked about it but we've seen no sign of anything evil there Although we don't know really who Ted is, and you heard him um, talking to his little tape recorder again, how he's sort of maybe getting affected by the people here, and but that's well. Let, let me talk. Let me talk. That that's sort of the 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 near the end, and then we get a sort of. Um, uh, uh, sort of morning shot of the the place there. The it looks like a parking lot. It actually looks like a, kind of a drive-in for a second. And then we go inside as as Harriet starts singing her story song. And she was on the... That's where we end. And there's a woman in the foreground who I don't think we've seen yet, who's one of the chefs. And she it looks like she, maybe she's doing up some french fries or something. And there's a pot of chili in the back. And the guys, who do, who do we see in this minute? We see uh, Ted. Uh, we see Ted sneak in. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's an outside, it's not it's not a driving thing, it's some sort of outside uh, venue. Give me a second, I'm just noticing something I never I, I haven't quite seen before. Okay, so, so when the, the shot begins with the woman looking down at her French fries, I think, I forget the guy's name, Jocko, or something like that, we haven't really seen him do anything yet. He's actually leaving the frame, and Ted is coming into the frame, scoots by him, to grab some chili. Looks like chili on a, on a tortilla chip or something. And then Brock comes in, and looks like he just shoves his hand in there, although that that's actually in the next minute. And the woman doesn't notice, they're playing wacky with her as she's um, preparing the french fries. And so, um... And they've got one of those big, next to the chili pot is one of those big, like, soup kind of pots. Like, the, the kind that fell on the guy in sleepaway camp or that they put the head in in night school. Um, I love those big freaking I love those big, 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 um, the, the big, like, summer camp style, like the huge, the huge, you know, you're cooking for a ton of people, so it needs to be big, so it's presumably some sort, like, maybe soup of the day is in there, and the chili of the day is in, uh, is in that little pot, and the guys are sneaking, but I'm wondering why that guy, Jocko, or whatever the heck his name was, why he wasn't included in there when he went to grab, something that that seems strange that they would edit the shot like I'd never noticed he was in there before. I thought I thought Ted was the first one to go and I always thought that's rather brazen of him. If this is like day three when he's there or day, you know, um uh, well well if he showed up at night and what all that stuff we just seen was the day after and this is like the next afternoon. This is less than two days. Less than 48 hours that he's been there, it seems rather brazen of him to do that. But if all the guys are doing it, maybe it's a rite of passage to sneak in and and um, steal some chili um, before the late just? I, I'm sure they could probably get a bowl of chili at a discount, but again, it's one of these sneaky things that looks like some sort of in-joke that maybe they did while they were there. And I will tell you that, yeah, next year if I go to Pappy and Harriet's, um, to see guided by voices, I will find one of these people must be there still. And I will find them and ask all that stuff you did with the sneaking, like the truck that didn't work that got pushed and the grabbing bits of chili and the, and all these other bits. Were those um, were those little in-jokes? Or what, what were those? Uh, because it's fascinating to me just in the same way that, as I've said before, Curse of the Headless Horseman, Kurt Kurtman's film, is fascinating to me. But those people are probably all Dead. Howling New Moon Rising was twenty three years later. So anyway, gosh, if they do a big like Arrow, could you imagine like a big Arrow like the Gamera set, like the Howling set, like a huge awesome painting of 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 of, of, of uh, werewolf on the front, and just a big set you take out with like um with like eight eight well maybe I mean they could cut up some of them. I guess but but then then Scream Factory has one and two. But Arrow could do it maybe in in Britain, and we could all get one. You know, with like, um, it wouldn't have to be eight specifically, uh, eight Blu-rays. Specific. What they probably do is give one its own, two its own, and then it'll be like three and four, five and six, seven and eight. That would be my guess. Um, and um, I would love to see that set. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be gorgeous? Um, because I've been rewatching the Gameras and Godzilla's this week, training off, and uh, the the um, the Criterion Godzilla set is so much fun, but the Gamera set is just like it's a friggin' you could hit someone, you could hit Brock with it, and he'd go down, and you know how big Brock is. So let me talk about real quick. Let me just talk about the 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 opening thirty to forty seconds. So it's just basically just one long shot of them slowly walking towards the, the camera. You know the beginning of Annie Hall when um. Uh, uh, Alvy is walking with um, is it Tony Roberts in that film. I forget which, and that you know the scene with Jew, Jewy, Jew. You know that that one where they're just walking slowly towards us and getting closer and closer and closer and closer. That's kind of the way you do a shot like that, where you can hear them the whole time. the tr- The tricky thing with this shot is they do sort of get a l- little louder as they go. I guess approaching the boom mic. And Or maybe they were both mic'd up. I don't know. I'd have to listen to it again. But um, but it's definitely... You are sick. You are sick is much louder than their mumbling about Madonna and Bob's sister. It took me ages to understand exactly what they were saying. I hope you could understand what they were saying. I'm not sure where the... Would a bullshitter, a bullshitter, bullshitter? I'm not sure where that... I mean... That's such a weird thing. And it's such a dumb joke. And i'd like to think it was maybe something clive turner said to maybe like i'm from oh, i'm from over in hollywood and he made a joke about madonna and then and then maybe bob accidentally said that you know or something and that's he he used that in the movie but it's it's um it's so unfunny and almost unintelligible that it is i just love it every time that every time this minute starts i'm in heaven just watching them, and then the way he kind of pretends to, leaps up in the air and slaps Bob as they go all out of frame in the end is so contrived. Uh, you know, um, I mean, you know, it was pretty contrived when Abbott used to hit Costello all the time, or you know, um, uh, Slip used to hit Satch, or wait a minute, was it the other way around? The Bowery Boys with his hat over and over again. It was all pretty contrived, but there's something about this where, like, this is meant to after her husband died she hasn't really thought about men and then suddenly it's about a joke about having sex with madonna and then having sex with your sister and then it all ends goofy and you're like where did we go right there and why are there still no werewolves around i'll leave it there because you know me i could talk about this this stuff for for a long long time so i'm i'm going to cut it out and wrap it up Th- thank you everyone for listening to this episode we'll be back next time and we will um, I guess we'll we'll wrap up the scene in um, Christopher Lee's character Stefan's Stefan's right uh, his living room, and we will. Um, it looks like we're about to do another montage of wacky and zany. I don't know what the um, punchline is for the stealing of the chili, but I bet it's a good one. Listen to this. <laughs>